You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Hey, Dr. Lydia, it's been a while. Welcome back. Yes, thank you. We have just been busy, 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 but I am really excited about today. Yeah, there's one thing that all women want, and that's better communication. And not only that, but to strengthen our connections with others. And I think healthy communication will lead to strengthening connections, right? Oh, that's, that is the key. That's the ticket. So today we plan on talking about effective communication strategies for women. And I think it's really important that we point to the Bible because there's many answers in the Bible about how to communicate. So sometimes I think we get confused about what effective communication is. Sometimes we think that we need to be uh, really loud and Mm -hmm. that doesn't, that's not effective. Sometimes we think, oh, let's just be really quiet, a doormat. And that's not effective. It's so it's somewhere in the middle. It's kind of like the three bears, right? We got to have it just right. Find just the right way. And there are some effective communication skills that we can learn that can highlight open and honest, respectful dialogue. And the wonderful thing is we have, we have a self-help book. We have it in the Bible. Lisa, you want to read Proverbs 18, 13? Yeah, Proverbs 18, 13 says, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. So let's think about that for a minute. (laughs) The Bible also says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. So it tells us again and again and again to listen, to learn. That's part of effective communication is not what you say. It's what you learn communicating before you speak. Right. And who would think that effective communication begins with your ears rather than with your mouth? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And also in James 1 19, it says, dear brothers and sisters. So I love it when it says sisters in the Bible, because throughout the Bible, it refers to brothers, which is brothers and sisters. But when he takes a moment to call us in, maybe we should listen. And that's where it says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak And then it gives another one. It says, and slow to become angry. So it's almost letting us know if you're slow, if you're quick to listen, if you're quick to listen, if you're slow to speak, that will prevent you from becoming angry. Well, I feel like it will prevent you from overreacting in your anger, you know, so it's okay to be angry. It's not okay to just verbally vomit on someone or jump to conclusions. Right, right, right. Exactly. Well, Proverbs Um, 15 reminds us that a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word that stirs up anger. So Dr. Lydia, what does open, honest, and respectful dialogue look like for a believing woman? Oh, for believing women and and hopefully for non-believing women, effective communication means that you listen really well first, that you take the time to listen to what the other side has to say uh, before you can actively just respond. And it's really important because sometimes 
we can be our own little, that self-talk that we have in our head. We can be our own worst enemy mm-hmm. and we can come to the wrong conclusion. Like I have a little, can I tell you a quick little story? Yeah. It's a fictitious story. Tell me. Oh, it is. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. You'll like it. Um, so there's two neighbors, right? And one neighbor wants to borrow the n- other neighbor's lawnmower because he got a brand new lawnmower. His just broke. So he's a little bit like, you know, embarrassed that he has to go ask, but he starts walking over to his neighbor's house and he's looking at this new shiny lawnmower. And he's like, God, the self-talk that he has in his head is, oh, look at him. Can't believe him. How did he get this new lawnmower? Who is he? Look at him riding his lawnmower like he's the boss. Who does he think he is? By the time he gets to his door, he has stirred himself up. He knocks on the door violently. And the neighbor opens the door and he's like, well, hey, how how can I, how are you? How can I help you? And he goes, you know what you can do? You know what you can do with your lawnmower, your new shiny lawnmower? You could, and you can imagine what he says to him, you know? (laughs) But the whole point of that story is that we can sometimes, our own issues, work ourselves up without even realizing it, you know? And yeah. Rather than having to, he knew he recognized that he had a need and he was going over there. But that whole time, he just was cranking himself up in such a way that by the time he got there, he didn't even give the other guy a chance to say yes or no. Right? My goodness. And don't we do that all the time? All the time. I I sometimes can have more conversations in my head than in person. Because you go over what they say this, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to answer this, and I'm going to let them know. And that person is oblivious. And maybe they're thinking, oh, I hope they call today. I haven't talked to them. And here you're making this alternative reality in your mind. And not even knowing maybe that person who didn't call is got the flu or, um, you know, has been just overwhelmed with work or is, is attending to someone else who's grieving in the moment, you know? So, you know, got to give a little, a little, a little, chance for some empathy, a little chance for some compassion and not draw to our own conclusions. Listen first. Yeah. Well, in the context of open, honest and respectful dialogue, what if he would have gone over there believing the best? And what if he would have said, I saw you got a brand new shiny lawnmower and I'm going to be honest. I think it's awesome, but my is broken. So I respectfully want to ask you, do you think you could lend me your lawnmower so that I can cut my grass until I get a new one. And maybe the neighbor would have said, absolutely. I'll even come out and help you. And they would have sat together and talked together and had a totally different ending to that because he was open, honest, and respectful. That's right. That's right. That, that just opens you up to a whole new avenue of communication. Yeah. And, and, you know, relationships are built on listening and having compassion for one another and compassion and empathy are very similar. Mm-hmm. So it's the ability to be able to put yourself in other people's shoes, whether you have experienced that experience or not, and then be able to come back to your own shoes and be like, oh, okay, I see it from their point of view. I understand that fruit of the spirit understanding is so important in communication, in relationship building. And that leads into our second tool, right? Active listening and empathy. Right. And 
empathy really is important in building a connection and a relationship with somebody, right? If you can understand them. I was on a, a call yesterday with somebody that I know nothing about. A few, a few people was a, a big call and um, they put us in a small group and I don't know anything about these people except that they're not like me. That's, that's the one thing I know is that they're not like me. And one of the women, and it wasn't a call for prayer. It was a, a work call, let's say. And one of the women shared that she had a very bad day because her daughter, who's 40 years old, has breast cancer and the people at the insurance company were not kind to her. Well, I stopped what our focus was, our focus group. And I said, wow, I know how that feels. I was diagnosed at 39 years old and I'm sorry that you had that experience. And I'm so thankful she has you to advocate for her. Let me tell you something. She wanted my phone number before we got off the call. (laughs) She doesn't even live in my city, but we connected in a very deep way. And when they brought us back to the focus group with the big group, she said, listen, I really am so glad I came today because I felt heard. And our conversation was one minute long. Wow. But she was able to connect. I was able to understand where she was. And instead of hearing her just complain, I really tried to listen into what she was saying. And what she was saying is I'm having a really hard time with this diagnosis and dealing with these issues. Which is much different than just hearing her say the insurance company really doesn't, isn't doing their job. Philippians 2, 4 says, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. So in the context of active listening and empathy, how can listening to what the other person's interests are, what their beliefs are, what their feelings are, instead of trying desperately to express your own and being heard, how can that foster and cultivate a better relationship? Or first Peter three, eight says, finally, all of you, just like the first one said, sisters calling your attention. He's saying all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate. I can't talk today. Be compassionate and humble. Now, if you were to list all of those things, and before every call, say, Lord, help me to be like-minded, to agree, to, to align with them, right? To understand, to let me show compassion. Help me to love this person, to be compassionate and humble. Boy, those conversations might go a little different each and every day. You're, you're so right, Lisa. Uh, so number three is Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I know we did a whole episode on the fruits of the spirit, but, but I feel like they are just woven and interwoven in many of the biblical scripture to help us be better people. Yeah. And I, I think that that's key when we're listening to someone. So how do you actively listen and how does that foster understanding? Because you do exactly what you said in your example, Lisa, you are listening for cues where you can relate to people. If you can relate to someone, they're going to feel normal. And this is what happens when people get like group therapy, you, or you are in a, a group situation 
and someone says, oh, I've had a bad day. Well, you know what? That might resonate with about half of the people in the group. They may have had a bad day. So everyone makes that face and that sound. They go, oh, um, yeah, me, me too. too. Yeah. Right. And then that's just that little me too. And that that little nodding of your head makes you feel like, oh, you, you too? Me too, you too? Oh, I'm not the only one that went through a bad day. Oh, Look, it makes you want to open up and share. It's inviting because it makes you feel normal. Yeah. So when you're when you're listening to people and you can have like common ground, it makes people feel like, oh, I'm connecting with you. Yeah. I feel like you know and understand what I went through because you have a similar experience. And that helps. That that really helps build relationships. And I love that we started with dear brothers and sisters. We moved on to all of you, but now look what we're called. God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. So if you just accept that identity for a moment and operate out of that identity, instead of operating as a person who's hurt, a person who's offended, a person who's tired or cranky or whatever, if we operate in a place where we are God's chosen people, that comes with a lot freely given, freely received, freely offered to others, holy and dearly loved. Like when you know you're loved, understood, known, you're able to communicate from such a healthier place. That's such a healthier place in your heart and your mind, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. But I do want to give a warning. I do want to tell you that this comes with time and maturity. You know, so like if you're a baby in Christ, if you, that means if you just accepted Christ and you're really excited about everything, you know, it takes time to develop these skills and it takes time to develop these skills in conversation and relationship building. Yeah. And I still mess up, by the way, and I've been a Christian for 27, 28 years. <laughs> and still, I don't always operate behaving as a person chosen as God's people, holy and dearly loved. I can blow it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm so glad you said that because we are not expected to be perfect. Right. We are not expected to, to have like, you know, perfection in how we build relationships are, we are supposed to be good examples. We're supposed to be the light of the world, but even when we mess up, we're still good examples because we should have that humility. We should be able to knock pride away and be able to admit when we do wrong. You know, I think that those are the moments where, where we draw people closer to our faith. Absolutely. Well, speaking of drawing people closer, part of drawing people closer and them getting to know you and getting to know the Lord is being able to be authentic, to communicate clearly and respectfully to others. So let's talk a little bit about how you do that. So we talked about listening first, then we talked about relating and so now the next step is how do you express yourself? What finally does come out of your mouth when you do speak? Right. Um, and it has to be done in a, a kind way, being genuine and being able to, to talk about your feelings in such a way that you own them. You express your thoughts, your feelings, and you be assertive, but, but do it kindly. You're not doing anything wrong by giving your feelings. You're not doing anything wrong. And you you shouldn't give out your opinions and feelings freely, you know, because 
you do have to have wisdom and discernment. Okay. Sometimes people aren't ready for all of your feelings and your thoughts and your opinions. That again comes with time. I know we have other scriptures, but I want to jump to this one because it says, let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. And to me, what this says is have a lot of forgiveness when you're having a conversation with someone who may not be like-minded, season it with salt, you know, like, have you ever made a food and accidentally put too much salt, not knowing, you know, that maybe it was already salt in it and you didn't taste it. You add more salt to it. Yeah. It can be like, it's too much. It you know, ruins so, the meal. Yeah, it totally <laughs> does. You know, and I can, I can vividly remember making a recipe of wings and my kids were so excited because we were trying a new recipe out and put a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I stepped away for a second. My kids put in the salt. I didn't realize I came back. I put in the salt and that's all we had for dinner that night. And everybody was trying to be polite and nice, but it was, uh, it was no good. And salt is supposed to flavor the food. You're supposed to use a sprinkling just a little bit, just enough to make it taste great be palatable and the same thing in your conversation. So if we're using our step one, where we're listening, Mm -hmm. uh, using our active listening, if we're using step two to relate to people, and then step three means you're using your grace to make sure that you don't try to like over season your, your conversation. You don't try to like push things down people's throats because not everybody's ready for it. Yeah. And Luke 6.45 reminds us that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And in Matthew 5.16, Jesus calls us believers the salt of the earth. So salt preserves. It brings out flavor. It also soothes and heals. It's necessary for life. So we're supposed to be wise in the way we act and make the most out of every opportunity. So Letting your conversation be seasoned with salt means bringing the Holy Spirit, bringing what you have of Jesus for every given day, which is why it's so important for us. And I know I say this all the time, but daily Bible reading, studying the word of God and applying it to your life, to your life, to your heart, to your situations changes the way that you season your conversations with others. Oh, absolutely. Even in, and in Proverbs 31, 26, it says just exactly, I think it summarizes exactly what you were just saying. She, meaning the woman that they're talking about in Proverbs 31, and I highly recommend you read Proverbs 31 on your own, but this particular scripture says, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. And you, you said something very important. You said that, you know, what's in your heart is eventually going to come out of your mouth. So if wisdom and faithful instructions in her tongue, that means that it had to take root. It had to have been planted in her heart. How, just like the ways that you said, spending time in the word, spending time in the word and seeking out like-minded Christian friends so that when you do need to be given instruction, or you're in a place where you need help, that you know, you can trust this person that comes with time too. 
yeah. building that trust, building that rapport with someone by, by the things that they say, by the things that they do. And again, you don't have to be perfect. People can say really and do really bad and inappropriate things because we're human. You know, it's how you handle it, how you self-correct what you do in the midst of those mistakes that make you who you are. Right. It's that, it's that growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus and Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse 14, it says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. And doesn't that happen to us with our emotions and our feelings? I can be fine. You say something that offends me or hurts me and I'm down for the count. It says, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of people and their deceitful schemes. So this is telling us that we need to know the word so that we won't be tricked into false teachings or following other gods, quote unquote. Instead of that, speak the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect, a mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So we're told here, when you talk, speak the truth, but do it lovingly and kindly. And that will help you to grow in every aspect of the mature body like Jesus. That's right. Instead of speaking the truth harshly or in your face, be loving. I, I love the rule my pastor always says, say two nice things that are true. Say two nice things about the person before you tell them the one thing you want to confront them on. So they know you're on their team. I'm on your team. And even further than that, that's talking like about when there's conflict, we should always speak the truth and love. But let's say when there's not conflict, are your words truthful and kind always to that person about other people? Are your, are your words truthful? Are they kind? Are they purposeful and intentional to help grow and mature the people that are listening and lead them closer to the cross, lead them closer to Jesus? And if your words are biblical and your words are for encouragement or even correction, isn't it easier to take the kind word, like we said in our earlier verse, that a gentle answer will turn away wrath. When we're kind in how we speak, it's easier to go down. It's easier to accept what you're saying to me. That's right. It is more palatable, right? And I think it's really important that we keep in mind that sometimes we're talking to people who are not believers or maybe are going through a season in their life where they're questioning their belief or they're in a rough spot in their journey. And so it's really important that we that we do be gentle. I really feel like if there's any scripture that you need to memorize, it's the fruits of the spirit. I think it's a great go-to. It's a great scripture that you can just look at and say, oh, okay, am I being these things so that I can communicate, connect better? Because when you grow in your relationships and you develop that rapport with someone, you can get a little deeper and you can get a little more truthful and you can get a little bit more raw and honest, but that takes time to build that kind of relationship, that kind of maturity in a friendship. Um, And you were talking about when someone, you know, the, the church says, the Bible says that when you have a problem with someone, um, you're supposed to go and speak to them directly about it. And if that doesn't work, then you're supposed to bring members of the church 
And if that doesn't work, then you're supposed to bring more members of the church, you know? So there's like a protocol. I don't know if anybody, anybody even knew that there was something like that, you know, and it, and it happens. We do have strife. And then it says, if they, if they still don't listen, you should treat them like outsiders. Well, you know how you treat outsiders in the Bible with loving kindness. Mm-hmm. It means you, you, you create, you know, like a friend you meet on the street. Hi, how are you? I'm kind to you. I'm respectful to you, but I don't know you, right? You're not in my life. I'm not sharing my life with you and I'm not involved in your life. We're just acquaintances. Well, it means if this person isn't listen, they continue in persistent sin, hurting you or hurting themselves or hurting others. You, you create that little bit of a distance, a healthy boundary, which we've talked a lot about. And it's hard for most Christians to do because we think we should be everybody's best friend, but speaking the truth in love and following biblical principles is not only to help you, it's to help the other person as well. Well, Dr. Lydia, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your very busy schedule. And Dr. Lydia, could you just share your website and your phone number? If there's somebody who's listening and they're saying, you know, everything you said is great, but I have some real toxic relationships and I need some extra help. And maybe they want to reach out. How would they reach out to you and your team? Okay. uh, Let me give you the website. It's uh, www.drlydiamartinez.com. And that's D-R-L-I-D-I-A, Martinez with a Z.com. The email is very simple too. It's info at drlydiamartinez.com, D-R-L-I-D-I-A. Wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Lydia. Would you like to close us in prayer? Yes. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything that you do to take care of us, to love us. You're so patient and kind with us. And I pray over those who are listening that they would be, that they would hear this, that the Holy Spirit would just move them in such a way that they would run and grab their Bible or just want to be able to build a relationship with you. I pray safety over those in Israel. I pray safety over those all over the world. I pray that you would just guide everyone and give them hope in the situation that's going on. I pray that you would give guidance and wisdom for those who are listening. And I do pray for Lisa and her family. They would guide them, give them wisdom, give them protection. And thank you, Lord, for this technology that you've given us so that we can continue to talk about you in in a world with so much chaos. I pray that someone out there would be able to learn, listen, and apply some of the tools that we've given for active listening and have some empathy and be able to speak clearly. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening, friends. Until next time. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?